0: Welcome to the Waste Not What Not podcast. I'm Philippa Ross, Human Ecologist, Enthusiologist, Author and Energy Healer, bringing you inspirational interviews, news, and tips to rebuild the relationship between people and the planet, the way nature intended, by revitalizing our natural resources, minimizing waste, and maximizing human potential. I trust you'll discover Seeds of Hope for a vibrant future, so you can cultivate and transform them to suit your own lifestyle in order for us to collectively create a world where reverence for the diversity of all life is honoured. You'll find all the show notes in the description and lots more about me and my work at philipaross.com. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, be sure to share far and wide. Hello Wastebusters, welcome to August's edition of the Waste Not Want Not podcast. Today is World Cruel Day. And I had the pleasure of broadcasting the first interview for the inaugural event last year with my incredible guest, conservationist and marine biologist, Dr. Rudolfo Werner, who explained the crucial work these crustaceans do to sustain the health of the ocean and how their health is being affected by the changing climate in Antarctica. A year on, and recent research further highlights how the changing climate is creating more extreme events, like the all-time low of sea ice in the Southern Ocean, considered to be a one-in-7.5 million-year event. And then there's the world's largest recorded heatwave in East Antarctica, where temperatures have reached 38.5 Celsius above last year's mean. In fact, Antarctica is warming five times faster than the rest of the world. And the long-term implications look frickin' scary when you consider the water stored in the ice would raise sea levels by 58 metres. Rodolfo is one of many who've been campaigning for marine protection in East Antarctica for 10 years now and he'll be championing the cause again at this year's Commission for the Conservation of Antarctic Marine Living Resources meeting between the 16th and 27th of October. The scientific evidence speaks volumes. The data paints a clear picture. The real hurdle is overcoming the undercurrent of geopolitical nonsense that dictates if the tides will change. Like Rodolfo, today's 13- and 11-year-old guests, Ollie and Harry Ferguson from Aberdeen in Scotland, have the grit, determination and passion to create change themselves. Their enthusiasm and curiosity to discover the infinite abundance of opportunity life has to offer has sparked intrigue and support from across the globe. Two years ago, the boys challenged themselves to build strong enough scaled replicas of HMS Erebus and Terra to circumnavigate the Southern Ocean and collect scientific data. I only heard about Project Erebus a month ago when they were finally allowed to launch the boats and I felt compelled to talk to them and discover what it was about my great-great-great-grandfather, Sir James Clark Ross's expedition to Antarctica, that gave rise to their own adventure. I'm a tad biased, but I do know he was revered by many, including Roel Armisen, who said, Few people of the present day are capable of rightly appreciating this heroic deed, this brilliant proof of human courage and energy. With two ponderous craft, regular tubs according to our ideas, these men sailed right into the heart of the pack, which all previous explorers had regarded as certain death. These men were heroes, heroes in the highest sense of the word. Today I'd like to introduce you to two young heroes Ollie and Harry, who are discovering ways to tap into their ingenuity, courage, strength and spirit of adventure to create exciting experiences. Their enthusiasm is infectious. Their big hearts and open-minded approach will undoubtedly leave an indelible mark that's sure to motivate you to try something new or to do that thing you've always said you wanted to do. Welcome to the show, to both Ollie and Harry, all the way from Scotland. And we also, although the listeners can't see, we're joined by Alfie, who is a cockatoo. So if you hear any squawking in the background, he's wanting to introduce himself. Welcome to the show, boys. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I was so intrigued and I can't believe you've been on this Project Erebus adventure for two years now. And you've chosen to mimic the expedition by my great-great-great-grandfather, Sir james Clark Ross. What inspired you to take on his yep. two ships? Um, well, we had
1: also recently watched The Tower, the TV series, really good. And so we were into it at the time. And um, we had already done a
0: boat adventure with Playmobil Boats. You did that across the Atlantic, didn't you over, what was it? 6,000 kilometers? 15. 15 in the end,
1: was it? Wow. So we also went to do a circumpolar challenge and another boat adventure. So we realized that it's perfect because Erebus and Terror were trying to map the Antarctic, so we chose to do the circumpolar current with models of Erebus and Terror.
0: That's so cool because so many people focus on either Scott or Shackleton. I was thrilled to see yeah. that two young adventurers had taken on James's. Who is in charge of Erebus ship? Right. So that's Ollie's in charge. So I'm speaking to my great, great, great grandfather in charge. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I
1: wish I was Erebus. I wanted to be Erebus. How did you decide who would
0: have which ship?
1: Um, It was just a luck of the draw, really.
0: It's a big project to take on, and you've done one with a Playmobil model before. But actually, mm. making there are meter long replicas, aren't they, that you've made? Yeah. yeah. And it was a huge process in all the building material because you got architects to help you. How did yeah. you even start?
2: Uh, we started a little fundraiser for it first, right? And then we um, found a few people who wanted to help out. They've. Basically just helped us the entire way. Some people helped make the trackers. Some people helped model the boats or make the keels. Yeah. We had a lot of people help us. And a lot of people invest their money into this adventure. Right. We yeah, ended yeah. up building it.
0: Wow. How much money did you raise?
2: 4,000.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow.
2: 4,000
1: The trackers were very
0: expensive. You've got Isotech involved in doing the tracking and monitoring, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. I see, was it within the last day or so, it's just done over 5,000 kilometres, the boats? 500.
1: 500.
0: 500 kilometres. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. How many have they got to do in total? Because you reckon it will take about two years. Yeah, 22,000.
2: 22,000. They're going to be in there for like a good six years. So we think they're definitely going to pull it off.
0: Fantastic there's a lot of ice there at the moment but by the time the boats get there they should be summertime so there won't be so much ice and i noticed that you've used the same materials elm and copper and you got some elm locally as well
1: yeah the elm was also growing when Erebus and terror were set out so it's 200 around 200 years old
0: fantastic yes because i went to antarctica seven years ago and it was the 175th anniversary since my ancestor had been there and named the ross sea and erebus and terra mountains it was the first time a ross family member had been there in 175 years and then terra was found in the september and then in the same year it got marine protection for the ross sea as well So that was a pretty exciting year what was the best part of doing the project
1: um, Well, yeah, probably the trials, because we love going to um, Tarle Air. Um, It's
2: like like an old abandoned swimming pool, but we use it for testing our boats and that.
1: And we just get into wetsuits, go in the water with them and just test them.
0: And I've seen on your Facebook, I've been watching a lot of your videos this afternoon, and you've got some amazing adventures you've been doing you started off doing a solid one didn't you with all the rigging and everything so and then you decided to not do the rigging and to dig it out did you do a test beforehand
2: and um, we had done a bit of a test but we needed to dig it out because we wanted to be, them to be lighter yeah but not too light so they don't get crushed by the sea ice because we wanted yeah. them to be able to float because we are having a problem with them sinking a bit yeah. <laughs> and not staying at the sort of level that we wanted them at
0: wow what was the biggest thing that you learned during the project?
1: The It takes a lot of time to build I stuff
0: like that. Patience. <laughs> patience. Boats
2: are a big investment. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you're not going to build a life-size one for yourselves then yet? Don't think so. Yeah. No. A metre long one was big enough, eh?
2: That we can afford it with our pocket money.
0: <laughs> like Mum, Dad, you're going to have to put the pocket money up. <laughs> no way! <laughs> uh, so, if I've got this right, you've been doing adventures for about nine years now, is that right? Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, roughly that.
0: Since I was two. Whose idea was it to start out?
2: We were asked to make a list of um like a hundred things we wanted to do, and then... um. Mum and Dad came up with some others because we were really young.
1: And it we just decided, why not let just try and do 500 before we were 18.
2: So we um did the first 100 um, first because they were sort of things that kid us what to do. They came up with um, a lot more adventure sort of stuff.
0: What's the most exciting one that you've done? Uh, probably, like, the sending oh. Lego man into space. I found
2: um, flying, plane or gliding quite exciting
0: yes i saw that one yeah i've not done gliding i've done two parachute jumps yeah but flying would be awesome i
1: really want to go skydiving but
0: sadly i can't do that before i'm 18. you've already got to about 480 something haven't you like that, isn't it? yeah
1: four or five six.
0: six that's pretty cool and you've still got at least another four years before ollie gets to 18 anyway or well, nearly four years yeah what's the big yeah. thing on the list uh we're hoping for 500 we're gonna go to japan
2: or antarctica
0: i was gonna say it'd be, be better if you went to antarctica first imagine being able to go to antarctica and seeing your boats there that would be fantastic wouldn't it yeah for any of my listeners if you know anybody who would like to take two young boys on an adventure to antarctica be sure to get in touch please do Harry, you like penguins and whales, don't you? And you are insisting that these uh, models had cameras on so that you could see the penguins and whales, eh?
1: Yeah, and a lot of birds.
0: I like a lot of birds. I can speak penguin because when I was there, one came out of the colony and came up to me and started squawking and talking to me on its own. So I talked penguin back to mm-hmm. it, and He understood me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the boats got attacked on the first day just from some giant petrels. They thought it was food or something because it was really one of the only things they would see moving in the water.
0: Wow, they are very ferocious because I remember being on Ross Island and unbeknownst to us, it was nesting season. So as we walked over a certain part, we were bombarded by all these petrels because they were trying to protect their nests. They were diving and trying to get us in the head because we were near their nests and we didn't realise. They hurt. Yeah, 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 they're pretty damn scary. we got uh, bigger than Big enough.
2: Big <laughs> enough to hurt.
0: Absolutely, yeah, big enough to absolutely. Hurt. You had to wait a long time to get permission, didn't you? Because you must have finished the models, was it about a year ago?
2: Yeah, they've been sitting around for about a year.
0: Patience is a big thing, isn't it? Waiting for all these people to give you permission. I bet you yeah. thought it would never happen. Yeah,
1: we were highly
0: doubting it for a long time. Well, congratulations both on you for your perseverance and actually doing it. <laughs> and and for choosing two wonderful ships makes me feel very proud. It really does. I mean, they the cool ships. They are pretty damn cool ships. um, And isn't it amazing how the craftsmanship, that they all did it all by hand back in those days? Yeah.
1: Amazing. Made- and um, for my birthday, like, when we had first started the project, um, one of the our friends that were helping out with the boat gave me a birthday present, and it was a model of
0: Erebus, but Madoff. it was extremely hard to build. Wow. So what's that one made of? Uh, wood. What was the best part of the project for you?
1: Um, well, I like carving out the boats outside because it was really fun. And our dog ended up sitting in, in it.
0: <laughs> and what about you, Ollie? What was the best part for you?
2: Um, The hard one. I quite enjoyed the painting of it with the, um, I think it was uh, Stockholm Tower. We had to cover them in that.
1: In a lot of
0: coats.
2: And I quite enjoyed doing some of the painting of it.
0: It did stink up the polytons though. I come from England and the weather's not good for a good part of the year. So I guess Scotland's even worse because it's colder and wetter. Yeah. Yeah, because you're great outside adventure boys, aren't you? Hmm. Yeah.
2: Sort of.
0: (laughs) Sort of. You can see that. Oh, yeah, I must ask you about that book that you've written. Who wrote the book? Um...
1: Our dad and a lot of our friends helped out with it.
0: What's the book about?
1: Uh, just like our adventures and little guides on how to do them if you wanted to do them. Cool. Personally, my favourite adventure in there is the uh, giant slingshot. Book. Yes,
0: I saw a video of that on your Facebook yeah. page. Where I- We are
1: firing melons at barrels.
2: I, I attempted to fire Harry, it didn't work.
0: <laughs> yeah. How old was he at the time?
2: Um, Seven, I mean? Seven. Yeah, we tried curling him up in a bowl and firing him, but he was too heavy.
0: <laughs> Good thing to do with little brothers, eh?
2: He, he would have enjoyed it. That's the problem. Yeah, he yeah, would have yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, it's no wonder yeah, he that's... ended up with the ship called Terror, because he sounds like a bit of a terror himself.
2: We've also slept on Discovery.
0: Yes, I saw that, and you made the meals. They looked absolutely disgusting. Yeah. yeah,
2: we didn't use the actual things, obviously. We um, used what we thought would look like it most.
0: Right, right, yeah. I
2: don't think you can get your hands on them turtle anymore.
0: No, no. Or yeah. scuba. <laughs> no, I think you might get into trouble if you did that kind of thing. But the ship's biscuits are renowned for looking and tasting like
2: cardboard.
0: They're actually not that bad. I didn't A mind. A bit hard to
2: bite into. They I weren't
0: know.
1: actually that hard to bite into for me. Oh, I like you. them. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> yeah i don't mind hard jack
2: no, no it's horrible why would you like it who eats <laughs> cardboard for fun
1: we also made a lobscouse a
0: lobscouse what's that
1: um like stew, it's stew, stew. Of salt pork. yeah it's a salt pork stew oh ah. what's porridge called again the porridge kind of thing
2: okay
1: oh, yeah burgoo
2: oh, We made that
1: it's like porridge and with molasses.
0: On that was it. Yeah, that, there was a. I thought it was when I saw the video, I thought it was soy sauce. Well, that's food it. they would have eaten up there. Now that you know a bit more history about James Clark Ross's adventure, what is it about him that you admire?
2: He was certainly very set on getting through the Antarctic.
0: He spent nine winters in the Arctic and he discovered the North Magnetic Pole. And then he spent three winters in the Antarctic and he was trying to find the South Pole, but he never quite made it because it was so much ice. It was the last sailing ship that actually went to Antarctica as well.
1: It was just very inspiring for us when for doing that.
0: And he would admire you for your spirit of adventure. He most definitely would. That's why I was intrigued to speak to you. So have you been to New Zealand? Um,
2: no, we've only ever actually left the country once. and We went to Florida once and we've been to England twice, if that counts as technically leaving the country. <laughs> that's what I said. It doesn't count. We got about so, 20 adventures on whilst we were there.
0: What did you do there?
2: Um, We visited different islands, so we went deep sea fishing, we uh, swam with manatees.
0: Yeah, swam with dolphins. Because the water's nice and warm, not like it is in Scotland, eh? It's it's quite a
2: difference in water temperature.
1: Yeah, somewhere we went to and we were swimming like stingrays and stuff. Wow.
2: We got to do lots of things that we couldn't do over here. For example, swimming.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. best I can do just now is diving.
0: Yeah, well, you've got wetsuits, but even so, that's one of the reasons I moved to New Zealand, because it's nice and light and bright and, and hot over here. And there's lots of beaches all around so you can go swimming more. I believe you've also started your own country.
2: Oh, I forgot about that. Yes.
0: Yeah. So yeah. What, what's your country called?
2: Oh, uh, The Kingdom of Sea.
0: The Kingdom of Sea. Well, that's very apt, isn't
2: it? It's I mean... the um, Pictish name for this area.
0: It's what? Sorry.
2: The Pictish name for the area that we live in.
0: Oh, OK. Right. It's spelled ce C-E. C-E, not, not as in C, Seaside. Ah! Who governs yeah. it? Who looks after your country? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Harry does.
2: That's why it's about me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> have you got lots of rules, Harry? Are you the king of, of the kingdom of sea? No, not really. You'd have your own special rules, no doubt. You've got to have an adventure in your country, hey? Yeah, our woods has definitely been used for a lot of things. And then I see you you caught lobsters for the Queen. How did you manage to do that one? Um, um,
2: someone volunteered to let us have a, a um, try of lobster fishing on their boat, and then we would catch them, put rubber bands around their um, claws, and then we'd sort of just put them in a bucket.
1: I loved doing it. That was one of my favourite adventures, love lobsters.
2: Yeah, it was just for the Queen. He let us keep one and we cooked it.
0: Yum. And you've tried out about 30 different forms of transport. So what's your favourite form of transport? You said you said Oh, we haven't tried them
2: all yet. We're looking to try 30. we 15 currently.
0: Okay, so you've done that the gliding was the one that you liked, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. I
1: don't know what mine would be, probably just like...
2: first driving lesson, do you remember that? Yeah. I am Harry first driving lesson was in a Rolls Royce that was used by the um, ambassador of Peru and I got to do it in a Ford Mustang.
0: Whoa. And then we swapped My first driving was of a tractor and my dad was on the trailer on the back and because I lived on a farm on the Isle of Wight in England and we were going down this hill very fast and I couldn't control it very well and it was bumping up and down and my dad flew off the trailer. (laughs) Apart from going to Japan, which is going to be the highlight of your reaching your five hundred, what what other ones are you looking forward to?
2: Obviously, and um, we want to go to Antarctica for one of them. Yeah. Um, we've not really planned much. We sort of had two or three big ones that we ought to do, really. Yeah. yeah. We're going yeah. in fossil hunting in Sky next week.
1: I've done it before, but Ollie didn't want to come. So it was a me and Dad, trip, really. But we're all going to go next week.
0: So. Don't you want to be a paleontologist? Yes, paleontologist. Where I lived on the Isle of Wight, there was a place called Black Gang Chine, where there's, apparently there were lots of dinosaurs there. Nice. Give me <laughs> ideas here. <laughs> Black Gang Chine on the Isle of Wight. That's right down at the bottom of England. You've got a big interest in the climate, haven't you?
2: Uh, yeah. Because you're
0: tracking these ships, picking up information about the ocean and the pH levels and the climate.
2: I do quite a lot of stuff to do with them, um, climate change and all that. Like I was um, in, um, the ambassador for Aberdeen Sharon COP26. And I um, did some work experience with the British Antarctic Survey.
0: Oh, did you? Wow. Have you been on their ship?
2: Uh, No, it was virtual. I don't think they could get a bunch of under 18 kids all all the way over to Antarctica just yet.
0: Because there was a ship, James Clark Ross ship, but now it's the David Attenborough. So that ship has actually retired now that was linked to the British Antarctic Survey. Those the are
2: completely legendary figures and deserve to have stuff named after them.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. This month I'll be talking to you two young legends and hopefully one day I'll get to interview David Attenborough. Pretend you're 18 and you can do anything you want. Tell me one of your big dreams that you wish for. Skydiving. Skydiving, alrighty.
2: Well, I have a few different jobs. Um I'd either like to be a mathematician or um I would maybe like to go down the route of being a DJ but mostly a mathematician.
0: You've been oh, doing some what? DJing recently, raising funds for, for a charity, haven't you? Yeah, you I, was, I
2: had a gig yesterday at um a I think it was a charity event raising money for people with cancer.
0: Awesome. Good on you. Do yeah, you I've been do doing
2: it do for it? about two years now.
0: Wow. So do you like mixing the music together? Is it Term record you use or is it tape or what is it you use nowadays I'm being a fossil myself Um, my it was records
2: (laughs) I like to try and use um vinyls and that but I use digital
0: yeah it's quite a skill doing it with vinyls yeah my dad built me my first record player to play my vinyls (laughs) when I was your age oh
2: wow you got a job now what are you
1: doing
0: No, no, that's for you to research and make your own. There you go. You can make a double turntable. (laughs) (laughs) That's your next project. (laughs) But I notice on your Facebook page, there's a compilation of different things that you've done. I love the fact that you're taking everyday objects and little things, like the catapult that you mentioned earlier, Harry, that came out of an idea of a stone. And so... Your ideas start small, and then you're inspired to do big things, which is really admirable. Take it in turns to tell me: Is there a person that you really admire that has inspired you?
2: And um, we have a friend in America um, called Jack, and I really admire him because he's amazing at math, and he's just what maybe a year older than me, and you he's like doing that. university level math currently, and he's a complete genius. I really admire his ability to do maths.
0: Awesome. So what are you going to do with your maths then?
2: I'd probably like to go into um, being a university lecturer or something.
0: Oh, cool. Fantastic. And me,
1: I just really admire all paleontologists in general.
0: And is it a site that you'd like to go and explore? Any, any sites.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to Sky next week, so hopefully we'll get some ammonites and stuff. My main goal is get a perfect ammonite. Because um, when we first went there, it's like clay. The grind is like clay. And I was like, oh, wow, there's an ammonite. Because I found one. And then I looked up and I saw another one. And then I realised literally the entire floor is made of
0: ammonites. There's that many. Wow. But they're all stuck in clay.
1: Yeah. So you need to be really careful digging them out because it's really soft stone. But it just breaks apart extremely easily. Another question
0: oh, yeah. I always ask my guests is, what do you do when you're in a bad mood? How do you make yourself feel good again?
2: Um, I just go and DJ, honestly. That's about it.
0: Yeah, Music, yeah. So what kind of music are do you me? like, Ollie?
2: Um I'm into a mixture of sort of um, lighter rock, hip-hop and house music. Right.
1: I, I mean, would I do diving music. if it wasn't an hour away, but I can't,
0: so I do Warhammer instead you do warhammer my son used to love doing warhammer so how many warhammer have you got i haven't really counted but count. no, I, don't
2: I, don't count.
0: <laughs> I got this yesterday
1: yeah saved up a lot of pocket money
0: yes i remember they were expensive they were always on my son's christmas yeah. and birthday list absolutely yeah and again you need a lot of patience yeah. to paint all the detail and everything so that's cool yeah, yeah. Just to round things off then, tell me, um, if I was your fairy godmother and you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? I would do world hunger, probably, because people die every day from starvation and stuff. Awesome. And so mm. I guess with the kind of adventures you do, you know, it's actually people learning to grow their own and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would probably at- go
2: um go with time more like... Um, trying to fix third world countries so like make it so they sort of aren't third world countries anymore so they have the food resources needed to become like any other country a uh, first world country so basically there's no really poor struggling countries and everyone can actually do fine
1: yeah
0: yeah because then you- it would help
2: the economy for everyone everyone would be a lot happier and healthier
0: Absolutely. So, you know, water's a, a big thing there, and, and as you say, food and the soil. What you're doing is really helping people become more aware of different ways to discover information, and that's one of the beautiful things that you're doing. Not only are you inspired to build things and create the ships and, and send them on a the mission, but there's a purpose behind the mission that you're sending the ships on to actually gather the information yeah. and- what are you hoping to do with the information once you got it or does it really depend on what you've got?
2: Um, we'd like to use um, the data as sort of markers for climate change and we'll give anyone access to the data. So if they need it for some research to help fight against climate change, it's available to just about anyone.
1: And everyone's able to like, look at the boat's progress and stuff on the app
0: i'll put all the links to your facebook page and to the isotech pages where they're actually tracking it so people can follow your journey as well you're very inspiring young men can you give a message to the listeners how do we inspire young people to do the kind of things that you're doing or to get out there
1: a lot of people think it would be boring but i'm saying just like give it a shot and see if you like it yeah We've done a lot of talks at schools about it.
0: And what kind of response have you had?
2: Quite Quite a like, positive response.
1: Positive responses, like a lot of people wanting to try new adventures and a lot less games and stuff. Um
2: a good way to sort of talk to young people is more to try and uh, relate to them, speak their sort of language and try and have an understanding then they tend to listen to you more.
0: Absolutely, because there's no point in us, um, boring old farts, saying it because we're not young like you. And so, as you say, you speak the same language as they do, and that's really why part of the reason I, you know, I want to use your sense of adventure to inspire other people because there's a lot of people who are feeling sad and depressed, and it's that spirit of adventure that you've got to just go out there and try something. It beats sitting in front of the TV all the time. Yeah. So what have you got out of it for yourselves?
1: Some experiences that we wouldn't really get to do again that most adults haven't really done.
2: And then just... we have our Facebook page and if we ever run out of adventure ideas, one of our followers is always willing to help find a new idea
1: yep. Yep. or willing to help
2: us do something. And each adventure ends up having like five people give us new ideas.
1: Cool. Fantastic. certain person that helps us out a lot is
0: Mike. Do you remember Mike's surname? Uh, Keith. Mike Keith, okay.
1: He's taken us on sailing and stuff. Um, he's been banging.
2: mountain biking, uh, used air rifles. He's basically a big kid.
0: Yes, he's he's <laughs> a big kid. Awesome. Yes. In awesome. a good way. <laughs> and I bet Dad is too. I bet he, he's not backward in coming forward for the adventures.
1: No. <laughs> Be careful what we say here. He's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Does mum get involved as well? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, she does help out a good bit, just like giving us ideas and stuff. She doesn't, isn't really able to
0: like do the adventures with us, but yeah, she does help. So, is there anything else that you'd like to say or share with the listeners before we go?
2: Um, Give the adventure a shot, try it, see if you like it. Probably will. Well, just
1: like if you want to try out adventures, just give it a shot, and, yeah, really, that's just it. Just
0: try it. I'm sure you must have had a number of failures as well, and that is all part of the learning, isn't it?
1: Yes. One of our adventures that we finally got done that took way too long. The every pinnacle of our we failure. We, it took us nine weeks every day going down, and we ha- were trying to sail a boat with just a kite, but it was because we got... um permission to go to a little lake and um, try and sail the boat with a kite but the wind was just wrong every day. It was freezing and just <laughs> horrible. Engine. just the
2: exact wrong month to do it.
1: So every day we came home from school and Straighten off we it. go. right over there
0: to try it again. For me listening in and having failed quite a few things myself in my life It's a big lesson because a lot of young people give up when they fail something. And so it's that perseverance and that curiosity and that sense of adventure that is so important that is inspiring and keeps you going because you're very vibrant young men as well. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you and I really want to thank you for your time. Thank you.
2: Thank you too. It's been great.
0: It's been a pleasure to meet you as well. I'm coming to England next year. Then maybe I'll <laughs>
2: you can go do an adventure with us if you come over.
0: Okay, take, cool. All righty, I'll keep you on that one. Yay, I'll be following your adventure with the ships and wish you all the best of luck. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much for your time and honoring you both for doing what you're doing with Erebus and Terra. Thank Alrighty.
2: you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. It's
1: been great meeting thank you.
0: Bye. Weren't they inspiring? I hope James will be guiding the ships on a successful journey, as they did for him, so they don't follow the fate of Franklin's expedition in the Arctic region when they sank without trace for over a century. You can follow the ship's progress on the boys' Facebook page called The Days Are Just Packed. There's a link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know anyone who can help the boys fulfill a dream of getting to Antarctica, be sure to get in touch. I have a number of exciting guests up my sleeve for the next few months, so be sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. All feedback and reviews are much appreciated. As are your suggestions for subjects or guests you'd like me to consider. Just email me on info at So until next month, have fun, dig deep and open your mind to a world of possibilities. Live life with a generous heart and take steps to minimise waste and maximise your own potential.